Welcome to the Dream Team Tonic Podcast. No Tony this week as he's on his honeymoon, but as usual, we have Ben. Are you there, Ben? I'm here, mate. And uh, how's um, how's life on the, on the ship treating you, me hearty? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, nightmare, 13-hour shifts. Dedication oh, here, still doing a pod after doing a 13-hour shift. And I'll be that straight to bed and then back up again tomorrow. <laughs> and uh, tonight we have a special guest in Tony's absence, Andy Barnett, who's been with us since the start and um, is a popular member of our Discord um, with his deep insights into Dream Team. Andy, are you there? I'm here, James. Thanks a lot for having me on. Uh, really looking forward to it. Yeah, we appreciate you coming on, mate. Um, so let's do a few uh, introductory questions, just so some, some people listening to this won't know who you are. Um, so I'm going to kick off with, um, how long have you been playing fantasy football, mate? Uh, well, I've been playing since 1996, when uh, I think that was the year that the Sun Dream Team actually launched. Um, with, we started with three work colleagues, um, a sheet of A4 paper, a pencil and a rubber, and a burning desire to get the Sun newspaper at midnight on match days from a newspaper stand that was in between Leicester Square and Piccadilly Circus. <laughs> I remember those days. <laughs> <laughs> you also needed a fiver in change to put in the phone, you know, to do your transfers or put your team in as well. So it was yeah. those days before, well, mobiles had only just come out. But yeah. <laughs> I'm glad I missed them days. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I'd, I'd, up until now, I'd only worried about being in um, the mini league. Uh, but last year, by chance, I was looking at one of those dodgy Sun YouTube videos um, and I left it playing. And the next video that came up was your pre-season uh, team selections. Ah. Uh, so I, I continued listening and here <laughs> we are today. <laughs> Cool. I, I noticed some of those dodgy YouTube videos that you're referring to get, are getting more views than we are at the moment. I think we need to look <laughs> our, uh, our SEO or something, but uh, that's another story. Um, ben? Um, Andy, how, how did you get uh, on last season? Last season? Uh, well, it was a, there's not much for me to go on previous to that because, like I said, I was only concentrating on my middle league sides. However, last season uh, was the first season that I kind of took interest in trying to do as well in the actual full game. I had two teams in the top 1,000. The best team at Christmas was 134th overall. Uh, but unfortunately, when Chelsea came back from the Club World Cup, I had uh, me and my infinite wisdom thought I'd need to make some changes to try and advance uh, differentials and I decided to put Chelsea defenders in and obviously that uh, put pay to my season. So my best team finished around 800th, but I did have two teams out of my 10 in the top 1,000. So I consider it a decent year, considering there are 500 to 700,000 teams in the, the, the game last year, I think. Mm. That's a, that's, a, that's a good season, mate. Um, how would you describe your approach to playing Dream Team? Any tips for a successful season? Yeah, well, my approach, uh, I suppose the tips to my approach to playing Dream Team, uh, uh, in my explanation as to what I do, I'm kind of a, I'm fully engaged now. I take the fully engaged approach. I watch as many games as possible. I listen to podcasts on and YouTube um, in small sessions. Uh, the best one, obviously, is Dream Team Tonic. Uh, that, to my mind, is really... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> a little bit of a plug for you there, guys. But it, it's the only one that goes in depth and the only one that comes out on a weekly basis and there's not really much around. So uh, you, you, you're out a mile in front of anything else that, that, that we can get. Um, also, I listen to other experienced people on different formats, like um, Fergie on the FF Hub Green Arrow. Now, I know it's nothing to do with uh, Dream Team per se, uh, but sometimes what what they talk about, uh, it, it kind of makes sense, you know, when it comes to you thinking about players. So the only thing that I, I have to keep reminding myself 
is the different formats score differently. So sometimes when they talk about a player, uh, they're talking about how many chances they have and shots on goals and defensive blocks. This doesn't really matter in Dream Team. All that matters is your ratings. Um, I try not to feed too much information uh, into my mind in one sitting. So I'll listen in shorter bite sizes, like if I'm going to work, uh, if I'm going to the gym, um, go on to the Facebook Discord app. It's whenever you get free time. If you sit down and you start listening for um, four or five hours to different things and reading stuff, mm. hardly any of it goes in and uh, gets digestive. So digested, gets digested. So yeah, I also get involved in the conversations um, on the Discord. Join the Discord um, in uh, the Dream Team Tonics Discord. Um, there's lots of different players uh, that are on there. They've all got different perspectives on how things go. Uh, even new players that are new to the game that come onto the Discord, sometimes they come up with something that you've never thought of yourself. Um, or it makes you think of something else, you know, from what they actually say to you. So all the information from the different types of people I find is very um, uh, enriching, you know, en enriches the, the, the game itself. Um Always make sure that I, make, I try not to make decisions on a whim. Um, it's like the first week's just completed now. So there's a lot of people talking in the Discord about, oh, we need to get this player out, we need to get that player out. Before I do any of that, and I obviously think in those terms myself, but before I do any of that, uh, I have to make sure that I actually think to myself, is that player needing to come out of my team? Or am I just making a knee-jerk decision? So I am quite calm in my decision-making and I try and reason things through. So in a nutshell, that's my approach to playing the dream team and the things that I actually do to uh, to get the best out of it. Cool. Nice one. Um, so moving on, um, what would you, Ben, what do you reckon, what are your takeaways from the first game of the first game week of the season so far? Well, it looks like it's get Haaland in. <laughs> if you haven't got him in most, most your teams, he just looks <laughs> yeah. good. What about you? Andy? Uh, oh, me. Sorry, I do apologise. Um, well, Manu's pre-season form versus the form in the last game they just played in the league uh, like chalk and cheese. That's one of the things that I've uh, been surprised at. Also, Villa, they had quite a poor game. I think it was against yeah. Bournemouth, wasn't yeah. it? Um, those are the negatives, uh, what I've taken from the first game week. The positives are that Fulham look much stronger than the previous seasons when they've come into the Premier League. Um, they, they look like they've got a little bit more bite to them. Spurs also look like they've got some kind of a killer instinct going on as well. Um, there's also more players in Spurs that are getting up and getting involved in the action, either assisting goals or scoring goals or taking shots on goals. So those are the, the, the good and minus things that I uh, have taken from the first week. Mm. Yeah, United, uh, were, I, I'd, I'd agree with that one. They, they look great in pre-season. Martial gets injured. They had to move things around. Ronaldo's seems to be still wanting away. Yeah, it's a it's a bad start for them. Um, I thought Brighton were great. Um, they looked brilliant. Um, I was surprised at how strong Fulham, Fulham, Fulham looked. I think, to be honest, I think Liverpool was surprised at how good Fulham were because I think they just turned up thinking they've just got to turn up and um, and they'll just win. Well, they, they got a, a massive surprise there and I've never seen... <laughs> somebody bully uh, Virgil van Dijk like that, which was a bit of a shock to the system. Um, so, yeah, I'm hoping uh, Liverpool sort themselves out for the next game. Um, Spurs, I mean, the Kulisvesti's performance performance was out of this world. Um, I watched the whole game. I watched the highlights and uh, I couldn't. It was just on a different level. I, I would say that performance was world-class. Um those bombing, those fullbacks bombing forward. All of the attacking seems to be seemed to be coming from the fullbacks, which was bizarre. It's it's almost as if, well, Sonny had a few shots and blasted them over. Kane 
had a couple of chances, but most of the threatening play seemed to come from uh, from from the wings, basically those fullbacks bombing forward. So, I think we'll probably see a lot more of that this season, at least until other sides get wise to it. Um, so yeah, it could be quite interesting to see uh, see how that one pans out. Yeah, very interesting. So let's have a look at your team, Andy. I'm not, you've picked one of your teams for us to go through. Um, do you want to take us through that? Yeah, no problem. Um, the team that I've actually picked is the team that I initially thought would do the best throughout the season. So not scored very much for the first week. It's only scored 36 points. It's not the worst score, but obviously it's not the best score. I've got Alison in Nets. Um, Cancelo, Robertson, Sessegnon and Ake in defence. I've got Saka, Mares, uh, Ruben Neves and Iwobi in midfield. And I've got Kane and Salah up front. Mm. You've had a reasonable start with that team. It's better than mine, but we'll come on to that. Um, <laughs> um, couple of, um, couple of enablers in midfield there. I see Neves and Iwobi. Do you want to talk us through your thoughts on why you picked those ones? Yeah, no problem at all. Um, well, I actually have three enablers. Um, initially, what I want to try and do is to get as many good players in the team as possible to start off with, but with the Suns pricing this year, it's really difficult to do that. Mm. Uh, so, yes, we're going to have to have some some, some players in there. So, Sessegnon. The reason why he's an enabler in defence, uh, that's down to Tony on the last podcast that I was listening to. Sessegnon okay. uh, was somebody that I sort of like dismissed because I thought, well, he's going to be playing second fiddle um, to Perisic, uh, possibly, as uh, left wing back. Yeah. However, um, as it turned out, he did start. Uh, but the reason why I went to Sessegnon as an enabler was um, because, obviously, when we, we get talking, it's... Um, they always get subbed. Spurs are probably going to be one of the teams that are in the top four at the end of the season. Um, they might actually do better on their yesterday's performance. Um, but if Sessegnon comes on just before the end of the game, he can pick up five points if they've got a clean sheet. He's also got attacking threat because when he played for Fulham, when they were in the championship, yes, they did play him as a, a, a high a high line winger um, and he got quite a few goals for them. But the thing is, he knows where the goal is and he can score a goal. So, yeah, that's the reason why he's in. He's only two million. He should be going up at the end of this week, fingers crossed. Uh, yeah. Ruben, Ruben Neves, uh, yeah, an unusual pick. Uh, he's 2.5 million. I've put him on my team because basically the, 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 the enablers that I have, I don't expect to be in my team for very long. All the other players are players that could potentially be there all season, depending on how things go. Uh, but Neves and Iwobi, I can take them out at any time. Um, the tactics behind that are, uh, let's just say, well, Neves got a rating, so he might go up by 0.1 million at the end of the week. He might stay the same. Mm. But if there's somebody else of a similar price point or a lesser price point, I can... Um, Take Neves out if he's gonna. If I think he's gonna go down in value, and I can put somebody that's done well that week that's gonna go up in value, and it doesn't really matter who it is as long as the games that they've got coming up afterwards are games in which you think that they could get a return, and it's the same to a certain extent for um, Alexi Warby as well. Um, he's played in over fifty percent of the games last season. Uh, he played more towards the end of the season. He plays on the wings. He plays high up. Uh, so there's a good chance that you might get an assist or a goal from Iwobi when he's playing for Everton. Um, not that Everton did much yesterday. However, they've got a good four fixtures coming up afterwards where, providing Iwobi continues playing, um, he could bring some uh, points in. But the main thing is, the two enablers in midfield, I've gone for midfield as opposed to defence because um, the lower value players... They're normally in a bad team, so they could get hammered and get a minus four if they get beat 5-0. It's just yeah. a protection mechanism, having them in midfield. Uh, yeah. the, the worst that you can probably do is if they get sent off, which is very unlikely, or a, a minus one if they get a yellow card. And being the prices that they are, they're less likely to go down in value if they get a zero, 
rating, yeah. uh, zero points, that is. Uh, but the rest of the... Sorry, the rest of the team, basically Salah, Kane, Mares, Cancelo, Robertson, Nathan Ake, Alisson, Sessegnon, Saka, they're all teams that are in Europe, so those players are going to be getting a good amount of fixtures going forwards. Cool. Nice one. Thank you. I, I and what see, about you, I Ben? See you uh, the... Go on. I see you didn't go for um, Connor's pick of uh, Almiron instead of Iwobi then. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of Almiron. However, um, Iwobi was in my mind before the Almiron came up. Now, if I did go with uh, Connor's pick of Almiron, uh, I'd have had three points more and potentially could get a small rise out of it next week. Unfortunately, not. And I'm left. And now I'm left with a dilemma because Iwobi scored zero points. However, if he does go down, it's not going to go down much. But the thing is, if I want to take him out. I could put the, um, there's like a midfielder for Bournemouth that scored. I could put him in. Um, <laughs> he's, he's half a million less. He'll go up by 0.3. So I'd be 0.3 better off. But then Bournemouth have got hard games going forwards. But Everton have got good games. So I'll probably leave it will be in um, yeah. and see how it goes. Lerma, Lerma's uh, a very defensive midfielder. So I'm surprised to see him on the score sheet. Um also, um, I've seen you've got. Sorry, mate. No, sorry. I was just saying it was a good goal. Yeah. That he scored. Yeah. Fantastic yeah. goal. Um, also, uh, um, about Nevis, he's on penalties as well for Wolves now that uh, Jimenez is injured. So that's one. Uh, that was my thinking behind it. Yeah. A lot of people talk of, um, about Neto and various other players, but that's the reason why Neves is in there. Uh, he's a starter for Wolves, and yes, he is in midfield, and he doesn't really get up much, but I saw that he uh, took a penalty in pre-season and that um, Jimenez is out for about six weeks, so uh, that's the reason why he's there. Yeah. Um, also, um, I noticed you've gone for the expensive goalkeeper. <laughs> I, I'm, uh, I'm pro cheap keepers, isn't I? I, I, I? On the last part. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you, you are. Now, the thing is, with my defence, uh, I'm hoping that Liverpool and Man City continue where they left off last season and they really give it a good go from the start. And they were the two teams that were just keeping clean sheet after clean sheet. And I really do. what I really do want is I want um, to have a couple of Liverpool and a couple of Man City in there because if those clean sheets do come running in, I want to take full advantage of it. Um, I don't really want to put an enabler goalkeeper in there. Um, so the thing is, all my back line, including the goalkeeper, are playing in Europe. So uh, if yeah. they keep scoring, um, they could they, they, they'll and keep keeping clean sheets. They will keep going up in value slowly. And I try and use my two enablers in midfield to change them around as and when to take advantage of price rises. Yep. It's just too expensive getting a Liverpool defender. Uh, it's more than four and a half million to get uh, any of the other Liverpool defenders in there. And uh, unlike um, the other teams that will switch the wing-backs, Liverpool generally tend to don't give uh, Trent and Robertson uh, rest. They normally play the full game. Hmm. Cool. What about your team, Ben? How's that getting on? Yeah, uh, 50 points this week, my pod team. Yay. Uh, yeah, not too bad. I think uh, Harland helped me out there, 18 points at the end. Uh, yep. Yeah, I've gone big up front, Salah, Harland, Kane. And then uh, in midfield, I've got Saka. He got two points, didn't get a seven rating, but he got an assist for an own goal. Um, Sancho. He's, he might be on the chopping block. <laughs> he didn't look too good at the weekend. Yeah, he didn't. Yeah. Um, and then I got two enablers in midfield. Uh, Mbumo, three points. So might go up a little bit, maybe point one. Lingard got a zero. And then in defence, I've got Cessin Young, uh, mm. seven points. Alexander Arnold, minus one. And Cancelo, seven points. Uh, and in goal, I went for the enabler goalie, the cheapest starting goalie in the, 
uh, from a decent side. Well, I say decent, but you know, not, not <laughs> the promoted teams. Uh, Mesley, one point five million. He got me a seven rating, so got three points for him. I'm really happy with that. Um, got Wolves next. Uh, not Wolves next, has he? Who's he got? Which played? Leeds have Southampton next, so. I'll keep him Could be some more points there. Southampton don't, not looking brilliant at the moment. Um, yep. Not a bad shout. Yeah. Oh, we should probably just skip past my team because it added an absolute <laughs> disaster. Um, so I, I've, I've this the team that I picked for the for the podcast um, is very heavy. It, it will rely heavily on um, Spurs and Liverpool to to get. Defensive returns. So, because I've gone for a Spurs triple up of Lloris, Doherty, and Sessional. Um, and I've got uh, Trent and Robertson in there as well. So, literally, nice um, apart from Sessignon, I've got minus ones from, from my two Liverpool players. Nothing from Doherty, who only came on for about six minutes. Nothing from Lloris. So, I've put myself on the back foot there. But Next week, that could completely turn around. I'm not planning right now to ship, to to be making tran- defensive transfers. Um, I'm more likely to, to to make changes in my midfield and up top. Um, in midfield, I've got Sancho again. Like you said, Ben, a bit worried about Man United. Into they just didn't look at, at it at all. Um, so he's. Like you said, on the chopping block and Bu- and Buemo, same popular enabler, only two million, three points. Louis Diaz got me nothing, although he could have easily come away with um, with a goal. Um, up top, I've got Salah, eight points, Kane three, and Jesus three. Um, no Haaland, no Nunes. I have them in in lots of other sides, but. Uh, yeah, so I need to going to be thinking hard about whether I want what I'm going to do with the do with this team. I've I do think Haaland. I've got to try and probably get Haaland in there somehow. After they've got Bournemouth next, haven't they? That could be yeah, could be a cricket score. You'd think. Um, so yeah, lots lots to ponder. Twenty two points in total. Absolute shocker. Desmond, <laughs> <laughs> um, go on. Desmond Tutu. Desmond. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be a different story at the end of this week. You it know, could have... Spurs and Liverpool could keep clean sheets and yeah. City and um, Chelsea. They, they might let a goal in. Yeah. I, I wish there were midweek games. To, I've got to wait till, till the weekend now until, to sort of uh, um, hopefully pick up some more points. But uh, there you go. Are you are you worried about not having any Man City coverage then? <clears throat> I think I'm probably going to see if I can get Haaland in there. To be fair, for sure. Yeah. Um, so before we go on to the listener questions, I just want to read out some um, the new patrons. Thanks for joining us, guys. We've got Paul Howlin, Michael Froggart, Charles Lawson, Mark Warner. Flowerpot Man, Tom Gledhill, Matt Williams, Ollie Davis, and Rickster. Right, moving on to the listener questions. Um, we've got a couple of questions about Kulazveski, unsurprisingly, after his um, weekend performance. We've got um, one from Wadey. Um, Kulazveski ended last season a beast. Look, looked amazing again yesterday. Surely his current price ha- has to be... He has to be too good not to be put in. At least I'm thinking he's a set and forget already. Opinions on the pod, please, fellas. And we've got Aman Tatna also saying, is it worth bringing in Kulisveski even though they meet Chelsea next week um, and he will still rise in price if he blanks in that game? Um, what do you think, Ben? Kulisveski? Well, well, if you- Looking at the fixtures, Chelsea's a tough game, but um, you'd fancy them to do well against Chelsea. 
Like, you won't be surprised if Tottenham beats Chelsea. Um, say, for example, I've got Sancho there, 3 million, and Kulusevsky's 3.5 at the moment. The only way I'm probably going to get Kulusevsky now is if I bring him in on Thursday. I've got I've got half a million in the bank, so um, that's probably the only way I'm going to get him in. The only thing is, uh, got to be wary that um, Richarlison's going to be taking minutes off him. I would imagine when he's because he's coming back from suspension for the next game. Yeah, um, that's the reason I didn't put Kudelski in in the first place. I I thought it was a good a good option. I was worried about that rotation, but his performance was so good. Um, yeah. I'm now thinking that might be a mistake. What do you think, Andy? Did you watch Kozbeski's uh, performance at the weekend? I most certainly did, and he had a fantastic game. Uh, a slight curveball to what you fellas have just said, though. Um, Richarlison, I think he normally plays left forward. Yeah. Uh, so... Is he going to be sort of like taking minutes away from Son because Kulosevsky's down the right side? Mm. Um, with regards to the question, um, you know, is, does he need to come in? Well, it all depends on who you've got in midfield because um, let's just say that you've got De Bruyne, Diaz and Mares, and you're going for a 4-3-3 formation. Are you going to take any of them out to put Kulosevsky in? And do you expect them to score less points than Kulosevsky is going to score for the rest of the season? Mm. Um, so, yeah, it, it all depends. It's not just Kulosevsky that's done well, you know, on the first uh, game day. There's also other ones that are sort of like low-ish in value around that point. Um, you've got Kieran Dewsbury Hall. He's got 13 points with a star man, scored a goal. Uh, Gross scored a couple against Man U for Bournemouth. He's only two million. Jack Harrison, uh, he's got an assist and a star man, was it? Um, uh, playing for Leeds United. I like him as a player. He's a good winger. James Ward-Prowse, four million. Uh, Prodence for Wolves. Kante for Chelsea. He's uh, got eight points. I think he got star man, didn't he, that game? Um, Josh De Silva. For Brentford, so there's 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 lots of midfielders that have actually scored points in the first week. So you could actually say that for all of them. Uh, my advice would be, well, what I I'm thinking of doing is is possibly just waiting and seeing. But I do have Kulusevski in other sides. So, like I say, it's, it's a, you know if you want to get up there into the top 100 or even win the thing, uh, you have to have various different options. So yep. I wouldn't say it's absolutely necessary for him to come in. So we've got um, quite a few questions this week about um, patience and w whether we should jump ship on certain players or hold for now. Um, we've got four here. We've got Connor. He says, Spurs a transfer or two for price rises or sit tight with your team for another week and then assess the situation. Uh, Amin Tatner said, how long do we keep a high-valued asset for, i.e. Sterling, if they're not performing? Do you absorb the price drops and wait for a return to form, or do you move them on before they drop? David said, is it worth using up transfers now and jump off the enablers that haven't worked in game week one, or should we stay patient? For me, Doherty didn't work out and will probably drop before Chelsea, playing Chelsea next week. Martinez conceded a couple in an average-looking Villa side. My question is, Lee, Lee Hooper said, my question is, should we hold back transfers until we have, have a bit more info? I feel like one game is too early to be jumping off the likes of Kane, etc. And I don't want to end up the same mess as last year, blowing all my transfers early. What do you think, Andy? Uh, well, <laughs> that's... Quite a few questions there. Um, I'll try and remember. They're probably going to come, and the answer will come back in a different order to how you've answered them. It's just how I remember them. Um, well, first of all, was there was something with regards to Liverpool's defence. Um, I don't think people should be worrying about Liverpool's defence after just one game. Um, one thing that I was in, uh, you know, impressed about in the first week was uh, how well. Fulham were actually playing and they seem to be playing towards Mitrovic 
as the one that guides them. He seems to be the one that sort of like pulls the team forward and grabs the game by the scruff of the neck. He is a bit of a big machine and he did put um, Virgil van Dijk into a bit of uh, trouble a couple of times during the match. Um, so, 40 goals in the Championship, that's some going, you know. So, is it really a shock that Liverpool have let in a goal or two to a man of that of that stature is a big unit? And, uh, yeah, he can bully people. Um, Liverpool have got Palace next as well. So, you know, if they concede a couple of goals against Palace, then maybe start worrying them. But I wouldn't worry too much about them then, uh, now. Um He's talked about. I think he talked about jumping ship or holding um, players. It all depends on the makeup of your squad. You know, if you've got lots of risky players in your squad, um, then maybe it's a good idea to jump off some of them. But if you expect the players that are in your team to do good by the time the end of the season comes, then it's kind of a little bit early to start thinking, I need to jump off this player, I need to jump off that player. Uh, so there's not really much of an urgency, you know, to jump ship, uh, unless you're going for price rises and you, you, you're worried about your team value uh, diminishing. With regarding transfers or sitting tight, splooging transfers, uh, it all depends on the scenario. Um, if you've got Kane, he's got three points, so you don't want to splooge transfers taking Kane out. He might not go, he's got three points, so he might not go down by point three. He might go down by point one. He might keep the same value. Uh, Trent Alexander-Arnold's, um, you know, some people have been saying, should we get um, Cancelo in for him? Uh, that's something, you know, like if you wanted to splooge on that one, it's not necessarily a bad idea because Trent is going to go down in value. Um, but Cancelo could get a rise because he's obviously got a clean sheet. But the thing is, both Trent and Cancelo, you would expect to be the top two performing defenders at the end of the season. So, yeah, if you did want to splooge your transfer on that, it's not necessarily a bad idea. But like I say, Man City could um, let a goal in next game and then you could be thinking, oh, we need to get back on Trent. So, yeah, it's probably better to sit tight. Um, Bruno Fernandes, Kulusevski. If you want to take Fernandes out, for instance, for Kulusevski, well, Kulusevski looks really good. Man U looks still like they're in disarray. A similar sort of scenario to last season. So that's a, a good one that you'd want to sort of like splooge on. Um, but yeah, in general, I would say sit tight unless you see something like a Trent Alexander-Arnold to Cancelo where you could gain value. Uh, but in the grand scheme of things, you would actually do just as well out of changing from one to another. Uh, I think there's one other thing that I can remember. Was it um, how long to keep a high-priced uh, value asset? Uh, well, if you've got an enabler in a good team, uh, do they have a good run of fixtures? Do you know, you you might want to jump off. I think he said, was it um, Sterling? Sterling, yeah, jump off Sterling. Sterling's in a good team. Yeah, he's not really scored anything for the first game, but if you wanted to take Sterling out, I'd want to take Sterling out for somebody that's cheaper. So, say, Kulosevsky again, you know, you could take him out and make some take some money for somebody else. Uh, but the only thing is, once you start doing that and taking higher-value players out and spreading the value around the team, it's going to be very difficult for you to get those players back in in one transfer. So you're going to have to be making two, three transfers to sort your team out again. So it's, to me, it's kind of a waste of, um, a waste of, uh, uh, a waste of your transfers, basically, uh, to, you know, yeah. to jump off enablers, unless there's a good reason for it. Yeah. So, I mean, I think my take on this would be, you know, some of the, um, defensive assets you can't expect them to get a clean sheet every week if you've got Trent in and he's got a minus one it, at the end of the season he's going to be doing well it, it's it's some of the other players that I that I think might be worth jumping ship on we've looked at Man United um, they look awful um, if you've got any of their assets I, I think I, I wouldn't I wouldn't say jumping off them was was um, was a bad move because I think it's going to take 
Ten Hag a lot longer to fix fix those issues, then it, it he's not going to fix it in in one game week. I think that's a completely different scenario to say the Liverpool defence or the Spurs defence, for instance. So it, it does depend on which players you're talking about as to how much patience you should have. If I personally don't believe, like like I said, Man United are going to fix this next game week. Therefore, it probably makes sense to move off of them. Liverpool Liverpool defenders, I'm not touching those guys. They're going to get they'll they'll be some of the highest point scorers at the end of the season season. I'm sure. What any further thoughts on this one, Ben? In terms of patience with your transfers. I think you two covered that pretty well. Um, yeah, pretty much stay stay on the Liverpool defenders. I won't be jumping off Trent to move to Cancelo. I just think he's going to be up there at the end of the season. Um, next week, he could get an 18-pointer and then Cancelo could get a minus one after Man City's gone and won 5-1 and he's got a booking and a, he's conceded a goal. Um, yeah, uh, like the one that's really tempting me is that Haaland. So if you had Kane and you've already got, say, for example, Jesus and Salah and uh, Haaland's playing Bournemouth, that's just a big tempt to that. So you, And you could gain some value on that. So Haaland could go point yeah. three, Kane might go down minus one, might stay the same. So you're like gaining a million there. Five you're getting uh, half a million in the bank and you're getting like half a million on the value of the player. Uh, yeah. And obviously Kane's playing Chelsea. What about um, Jesus and Nunes, for instance? Would you would you jump ship if... Would you jump from Jesus to Nunes, do you think? In an ideal world, I, I'd stay on Jesus because... Jesus I think he's got great fixtures and he's the main man at Arsenal. Uh, Nunez, you can if you've got Salah in your team, you can sort of cover that with Salah and if you've already got Trent as well. Um, mm. But if you've got ten teams, go ahead and do do it in a couple if you want. I, I don't yeah. I don't mind it. Yeah. I mean I don't hate it like. But yeah, J- Jesus okay. looks uh, looks good for Arsenal. Hmm. Yeah, I'm not so sure. I've got a feeling Nunes is going to be up, right up there at the end of the season. Yeah. Um, Jake, Jesus played well. They've got good fixtures, like you're saying. I, I'm getting itchy feet on that one already, although I already do have a spread if, in my teams. So it's the que- the question for me is, do I do I go all, all in, if you like, on uh, on maybe moving to Nunes? But uh, mm-hmm. something to think about. Probably for that Bournemouth game. <laughs> well, is it game week three? Liverpool play on. That's correct. Yeah. Yeah. I um I had uh, I, I made one of my teams uh, because there's been such a talk about Bournemouth getting hammered by everybody. I made a team um, up of Man City, Liverpool, Arsenal, and Aston Villa players. First game week, <laughs> Villa players have done nothing. So, <laughs> and Bournemouth played quite well. So, you know, there could be some surprises there. So, Villa do tend to play a hell of a lot better at home. I think last year they away they were very poor. So, I think if you've got Villa players, you, it probably makes sense to stick st- stick with them to see what see what happens in the home game before before jumping ship on those ones. I think. Yeah, I think they're playing Everton, aren't they, next? So. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> um, Aman Tatner said, which enablers less than 2.5 million have caught your eye and um, you'll be looking to bring in if you haven't already got them? Andy? Uh, enablers for 2.5. I just need to... Load a screen up because I've got some um, some enablers on there. But basically, while it's loading up, uh, there are some enablers around that price point. You, you need to look to see whether the ones that are playing in Europe are the ones that you could bring in because they're the ones that will have the, uh, the bigger fixture volume. So you've got players like um, Sessegnon this weekend who scored a goal. 
Um, Zinchenko, uh, he's obviously done quite well uh, in his first game for Arsenal. 3.5 million, though, doesn't meet the criteria, I'm afraid. Mm, oh, yeah, you're right there. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Uh, William, I think William Saliba would would fit nicely into that. Category. Absolutely, yeah, the Arsenal player, he he would yeah. fit in there. Um, so there's a couple there. Um, and. No, Newcastle are not in there. Uh, Cucurella, he's only 5.5 million above, but he looks like he's yeah. going to be playing regularly for Chelsea as well. So, yeah, my answer to the question is just basically try and get people in that are playing in Europe and uh, take advantage of the fixture volume. You've also got West Ham as well, which I forgot to uh, mention, because obviously you've got Cresswell uh, for West Ham. They've had the hard game now uh, to yeah. start the season off against City, and they've, they've got a couple of easy games in the... Uh, Conference League, and the, the the games are not necessarily that bad in the Premier League either. Yeah, Ben, have you got any uh, two point five or less that have caught your eye? Yeah, like you covered pretty much all of them. Um, Saliba, Sessignon. Uh, I've got in a few teams. I've got Saliba in a few teams, but um, I'm thinking of bringing them bring them into more teams. Uh, Cresswell because he's got two double game weeks. Uh, hopefully, because uh, if they if Cresswell plays in Europe, it looks like he will because West Ham have got loads of injuries at the back. And if you're going to bring Cresswell and wait till after the price rise, uh, the price rises and drops because he he should go down and get him for a bit cheaper. Mm. Also, I hadn't thought about that one. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. John. Also, um, Ariola keeper for West Ham. He come on at the weekend for Fabianski, who's injured, so he looks like he's going to play two games uh, the next two weeks. And how, he should how, come down in how, price. What price is he? He's two million at the moment, so he could be my jump from Meslier so to Ariola if he goes down a, right. couple of mil- uh, a couple of hundred grand. Two million at the moment. It's not a bad yeah. shout. If, if, if he... If Fabianski's out, it's a good chance he's going to play those extra couple of games. So you could get a four for two on a lot of sides. Um, yeah. Yeah, I like that. Um, I'm surprised you didn't go, you didn't mention KDH, Ben. What do you think I of him as an to. option? <laughs> yeah, he's, uh, he's, <laughs> he's, he's class, mate. Class, class player. Um, I'm really expecting a, a big season from him this year. Um, playing in an advanced role as well this season mm. with Madison playing in a front three now. So, yeah, uh, takes a few set pieces, likes a shot. Yeah, looking forward to watching him play this year. What about you, mate? Cool. Um, well, I think you guys have covered it pretty well. I've got, um, I've got Martinelli written down as well. It's easy to forget yeah. him because we're so focused on those heavy hitters up top and I'm not convinced there is a space for him but he did well this weekend he's only 2.5 million got a nice 8, eight point haul um, certainly one to consider for some, some teams I think at 2.5 million um, going to be rising on Friday morning no doubt um, so yeah that's the only one I had that you guys hadn't mentioned I think that really stood out for me I think he's one you've if you've got him in at the mm. start of the season keep him moving on It's a bit of a delay, I think, uh, James. David 87's been on. Who's going to be making the move from Kane to Haaland from week two? Are you gonna, guys, are you going to be, Andy, are you going to do, be doing that in any, any teams, do you think? Uh, well, I have Haaland in a couple of teams. Uh, I have Kane in more teams than I do with Haaland, but the way that I look at it is... Now, obviously Haaland scored two goals in the first game. Bournemouth played okay in their first game, so obviously uh, they've got to come up against City. Um, The reason why people have moved from Kane to Haaland um, is because they're expecting Haaland to score against Bournemouth and Kane to not get anything against Chelsea. 
However, Kane can get goals in any game. Um, so I think of a question like, now let's put Cucurella in my side um, from Chelsea. Now it's like, well, ooh, do you really want to put Cucurella in this side? Because uh, Kane and Son are coming to town. They could quite easily score a goal and you might not get anything. So you've got to kind of flip the question and play devil's advocate with yourself. Yeah. Um, and I've spread my uh, players around my teams. So do I really at this point want to be going all Haaland? Because if Kane ends, Kane could easily score a hat-trick against Chelsea, any team can have a bad game. Liverpool let two goals in against uh, Mitrovic, for instance. Mm. So, like I say, you've put Kane in your side for a reason. Um, I wouldn't be going too hasty. If you haven't got Haaland in any of your sides, then maybe, yeah, you want to try and put Haaland in a couple of your sides because you've got 10 sides to go with. But yeah, I wouldn't be going doing anything too hasty with moving Kane out and Haaland back in. Cool. I, I think, um, yeah, I mean, it's a tricky one. Um, obviously, there's going to be going to be a, probably going to be a price swing there. I.e., Kane Kane might drop, Haaland might go go. Sorry, Haaland might go up, Kane might go down. So I can see if you don't have Haaland at all on any sides, I think that's you. It might be worth doing it, but um. If you've got a spread, if you've got 10 teams and they're already spread around, I would definitely keep Kane in a few. What are just, sorry, oh. James. James, just one, one, one thing that I wanted to just add there. If you have two players up front and you're playing with a, a 4-4-2 formation, for instance, uh, there is a good way uh, to get Haaland into your side and take advantage of the price rises. So... Let's just say, for instance, um, you have a midfielder that's five million, and a midfielder that's uh, five point five. Say Mares, for instance, who's not got anything. Uh, you could take advantage of the price rises there. You could put Kulusevski in as a cheaper option to Mares, and then the five million midfielder could go to Haaland at seven million. So that way, you'd get Haaland in. It costs you two transfers but you would get the advantage of the price rises as well. Yeah. Yeah, like that. Anything to add yeah. on this one, Ben? Um, yeah, I've got uh, Haaland in a few teams. I've got Kane in a few teams. But, um, yeah, I, I definitely want to get the price rise on Haaland. And that, that fixture against Bournemouth next week is a bit of a butte. Um, so, I'm going to be doing it in a few teams, but I'll be keeping Kane... Uh, in a couple as well so yeah like I say you're going to gain value like I've covered before you're going to gain value on Haaland and Kane might go down Yeah, looks like a beast what do you I, think? I'm going to make that move I think in a few sides um, yeah but not obviously not all of them but uh, yeah. yeah certainly we'll be looking at that move to gain some value and Haaland's obviously he's going to get so many chances in that city side that uh, he could literally go crazy this year, couldn't he? Fixtures are beautiful in City from now on as well. Go on, Andy. What were you going to say? No, I was just saying I I, I agree. Do you know, Holland he does look like a beast, uh, yeah. very strong. And one thing that I did notice was um, there was a little bit less passing from Man City, and they were playing a lot more directly. There were a lot more crosses coming in from um, from the extremities, you know, yeah. taking it out. They do do that, but a lot of the time they actually cross the ball uh, to the back of the penalty area for somebody that's running in, mm. whereas the game that they played against West Ham, they were actually taking it out to the byline and crossing it high uh, for Haaland to head the ball in. So, yeah, they do seem to be playing... Um, to try and get him into the the goal Scott the, into the goals basically. Yeah, I mean, uh, Cancelo and, and Walker were playing effectively as um, as wingers in that game, weren't they? And it totally totally outfoxed um, West Ham. I think um, in in the press conference afterwards, Moyes was like, "Yep, yeah, hold hands up." They were too good. They changed their tactics from last year. 
we could we competed against them last year, but this year with the fullbacks being pushed so far forward into mid effectively into midfield, they just couldn't couldn't deal with it. Um, any further thoughts on that one, Ben? No. Covered it well, mate. Amantatna said, got Sancho in my team. Worth keeping or should I move on? I think we covered this to an extent, but uh, what is, what's your thoughts on Sancho, Andy? <laughs> um, <laughs> I have Sancho in a couple of um, teams. Uh, he's getting moved on. It's as simple as that. The thing is, last season... He's come in at £100 million. Um, he's had a full season and he hasn't been. There's something wrong uh, at Man U. I've no idea what's wrong. Can't work it out. It might be something to do with Ronaldo, you know, being there. And I thought in mid in, in sorry, in pre season, uh, the team seemed to be playing really well and uh, scoring lots of goals. Sancho, Rashford, um, Martial, they were sort of like instrumental in pre-season, in the pre-season friendlies. But as soon as it comes to the business time where, you know, they need to play a proper game, uh, they, they seem to have all gone missing. Uh, so any, any Man U assets that I've got a serious, they have to think of moving them on. Um, so, yeah, the answer to that question is, yeah, just get him out. May take advantage of some kind of price rise that you might be able to get from somebody else that's done well. If mm. you've got an extra, five, uh, if you've got an extra point five million, you can put Kulusevski in. E- easy move. Darren Frank said, "Ben James, I would be interested in any early transfer thoughts you have on your pod teams prior to Friday. I also have Mares at five point five and Sancho at three. Would you be looking at alternatives at this stage? Ben? Yes, yeah, uh, tough one on Mares because he was on the bench at the weekend, but you know what he's like. He can just play 20 minutes, 25 minutes, and he'll score a goal and get an assist. And uh, he's a bit, bit, bit more safer when we have a double game week in the Champions League, because if you don't play in the league, he usually plays in the Champions League. So... But yeah, if you're looking to bring Haaland in, like Andy said before, you could do the double transfer, use the money from Mares uh, and Sancho and downgrade to a cheaper midfielder and bring in Haaland, for example, or, or Nunez. Um, or you bring KD, KDH. Um, and on regards my team, I'll have a quick look. I've got Sancho in my team, and I'm looking at Kulusevski, uh price rise before the price rise on Thursday. Um, I think that's about it, really. I'm happy with uh, my back line. Obviously, yeah, I'll keep an eye on Ariola, uh, see what his price is on Friday, and uh, yeah, I'm happy with my team. I think maybe try get Bowen in somehow, but I don't think I can afford him at the moment. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Um, I'm going to skip the questions around um, moving, switching Cancelo and um, and Trent, because I think we've sort of covered that. Yeah. Um, I'm going to go on to Seth Osborne's question. Is it okay to cry after one game week? Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll answer this. Um, <laughs> it's fine, mate. Um, you know, just let it all out as what well. you know, mental health is important. I think it's, sometimes it's good to have a good cry. Aman Tatna says, Would you buy Maguire if he cost two million? Andy, <laughs> I would buy Maguire if he cost two million and played for any team other than Manchester United. <laughs> that is my answer. <laughs> Ben, what do you think? <laughs> right. Maguire. Two million. You think... Oh, two million, you think that's good price for an enabler, but they just look absolutely atrocious at the moment, don't they? I, I, I would not buy Maguire two million. You don't know how many goals they're going to concede at the moment. What do you think, James? 
two million, I'm, oh, I don't know, I might consider him, but they don't look good, do they? I, I'd need to see a little bit of an improvement there, I think, um, before I would even consider him at that. He used to be such a good player as well uh, in Dream Team, Starman Magnet, score goals. Uh, I don't know what's happened. Tomo's been on. Missed the deadline, but going to chance my arm just in case. You're lucky, Tomo. I'm think- I was in a good mood when I was doing the questions earlier. He says, Kane, Salah, Haaland look like a great front three, but Kane se- seems to be sitting deep and blanked yesterday. Would would you consider moving Kane to Nunes and use the money to beef up um, your budget? Uh, like you say, I can understand why he's thinking of going Kane to Nunes and having Nunes and Salah up front because... Salah and Mane worked very well towards the back end of the season when Salah wasn't picking up as many points as, you know, like he, he was at the beginning of the season and Mane sort of like came through as a shining star. One word of caution that I would say, though, uh, he's talking about taking Kane out, putting Nunes in and using the money to beef up enablers in midfield. Um, the players that you have in those prime positions, that they're there because you want them there all season because over the season, they're going to score a massive amount of points. If that move that he makes goes wrong, for instance, let's just say um, Jota comes back from injury or uh, you've also got Bobby Firmino, what happens if he scores a couple in the next two games? You know They're going to be getting subbed on and off. If that goes wrong... He's made that transfer and then wants to go back to Kane. He's going to have to make multiple transfers to fix that problem that he's created by doing that transfer. But the transfer after the first game week, yeah, it looks like it's a, a, a good shout. Looks like you're going to take advantage of a price rise. But yeah, I'd be wary about doing it. Martin Beasley said, Who do you wish you'd picked up for week one that you didn't select? Ben, any any players that you, that you didn't put in that um, you think you wish you had after seeing week week one's uh, results? Do you know what, um, Ben? I totally agree with you. I had Madison in a few teams and I took him out as soon as there was uh, rumours of him. Uh, you know, Newcastle putting a bid in for him and this, that, and the other. Sometimes when players' heads get turned, they don't necessarily perform well. So I thought for five million, I'd rather have somebody else. But with regards to the, you know, who do I wish I had? Um, I after the first week, I wish I um, had Haaland, Mitrovic, Nunes, Kulusevski, Kieran Dewsbury Hall, Pascal Gross, <laughs> Harrison for Leeds, Shah, Zinchenko, Kelly, and Ramsdale. If I had all those players, if I'd have picked them all, I'd have had um, 152 points, and I would have been 45 points clear of the the highest scoring. Um, <laughs> uh, person in the dream team overall. <laughs> but seriously, um, we've got 10 teams, haven't we? So all of the players that have you know done well this week, we've probably got them in one or two teams anyway. Um, but you know, out of the ones that have done well, I would say Kulosevsky, Nunes and Ramsdale. Those are the ones that I wish I'd have, um, that I'd have put in. And finally, we have a late-breaking question from... Dream Team Tonic Tony. Um, he missed the deadline, but um, I thought I'd cut him a black. Yeah, it's, it's out of order, but um, we'll, we'll let him slip in here. He said, um, I hope I'm not too late for a question for the podcast. Name me a player that wasn't on your radar before the first round of games, but they are firmly there now. And big up to Sessignon. Hope you all had a bit of him at two million. Yeah. Congrats to Tony on his session on the uh, uh, pick last week. Um, I think quite a few of us jumped on him after uh, what Tony had said. So we'll give him credit for that one. Um, Andy, any player that wasn't on your radar uh, before the first round of games, but is firmly there now? Uh, we've already done a little bit of talking about him on this pod. Um Mitrovic, I didn't think of putting him in any of my teams and I haven't put him in any of my teams. However, after that first game that he's played, um, he's firmly on my radar now because basically he's kind of the focal point for Fulham. 
Fulham are playing, you know, to his strengths. And he's being given game time now, obviously, because of the type of player that he is. Um, the only thing that I'm worried about is if his, if his supply gets cut off, you know, teams will work out how Fulham play to try and get the ball to him for him to score. And he's dangerous on his own as a single player. Um, but if you can stop the ball from getting to him, then it won't really be as much of a danger. So, uh, yes, he's on my radar, but I am wary just in case his uh, supply does get cut off. Um, well, the, the amount of drafting and um, article writing I did in pre-season, I, I don't think there were too many off the radar. There's one player that stood out, though, for me that I really knew nothing about Um and that's Brendan Aronson uh, of Leeds. He looked amazing on match of the day. Um, I'll be keeping my eye on him. I'm not necessarily thinking he's a dream team asset, but you never know. Um, more for perhaps the other formats, but uh, he, he looked electric and um, quite an exciting player to watch. And I, I didn't know anything about him. I'll hold my hands up. So not on the radar, but now looking at him to see if he might be an asset for us. Well, thanks for joining me, guys. Um, I'm hoping Tony will be back soon because I think I've got quite a bit of editing to do. Um, (laughs) (laughs) If you'd like to join our Patreon, um, you can find us at patreon.com forward slash Dream Team Tonic. Don't forget to keep an eye out for Connor's Dream Team blog on on the website. Anything to add, chaps, before we go? No, no. Um, I think uh, it's been a good pod. Really enjoyed being on. Thanks a lot for having me, guys. Uh, I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Andy. It's been a pleasure. Um, and at that, that point, I will say good night. Good night. <laughs>